in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome back. This is Dr. Jeff Kegaris from Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care, and we're talking about some of the cool developments in eye care we had last year. But now we're going to talk about some of the neat advances that we are anticipating this year. And I want to start with a new contact lens by Johnson & Johnson that has a built-in antihistamine, which means it's an allergy-protective contact lens. We're expecting this in the second quarter. Looking forward to that a lot, coming in different powers also. Secondly, metformin. Metformin is a very common drug used for diabetes. In fact, the most common drug in the in the country, I believe. Uh, it lowers blood glucose. But we're also seeing some pretty significant reduction in diabetic patients that take metformin in macular degeneration development. Does this mean that people that are not diabetic could be placed on metformin and reduce the chance of dry macular degeneration? And remember, of the two types, um, most people have dry. And in fact, very, very seldom, if ever, do you go straight to wet. It's usually that you have some element of dry that then develops into wet. So if we can push off the dry macular degeneration changes, it may just be that this year we start treating more people orally rather than just with nutritionals, which has been our standard up to this point. So we may be adding that when you come in. Eye drops to give me back my focus up close. Remember that losing focus up close is called presbyopia. We've tried a number of optical methods. Uh, if I gave this update in 2019, we talked about camera and raindrop, two corneal inlays that were surgical methods to give a pinhole effect or a improved vision effect for up close. Those have been effectively not used or taken off the market, one or both, because of their less effectiveness and more side effects complications. But if we could do an eye drop that worked like that, might be beneficial. The difficulty pharmacologically is um, these are autonomic nervous system, typically drugs. What that means is it's kind of the fight or flight response. So you do get side effects in the eye, a few systemically, but mostly in the eye when you use the drop. So you get the intended effect, but you unfortunately get the other effect. And a perfect example of an autonomically uh, stimulated drug is when we dilate your pupils. What do we want? We want your pupils dilated. We don't want them to react to light. What's one of the unintended side effects? It freezes your focusing muscle. So you walk out and you, you're blurry up close, not because the pupil's big. You're blurry up close because the side effect of that dilating drop is it freezes your focusing system and we have to let that wear off. So there you go. That's a balance of benefit and side effect. Well, now we have a lot of companies that are coming out and should have some approval late this year with drops to try to improve our ability to focus. I will tell you one thing. Um, I'm guardedly optimistic on these because I just feel like they're going to be side effects also. However, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. 
if you ever have a difficulty, I know one of my professors in school took out a saltine cracker when he forgot his reading glasses and he looked through the small little hole in the saltine cracker because it gave a pinhole effect. And so anything that has a really, really small little hole in it will give you a depth of focus and depth of field. Uh, a pinhole effect, we call that, that gives you really good near vision. It's just most people don't want to walk around with two saltines in the front of their eyes. Blefex and Lipiflow. They continue to see more and more emphasis for the number one cause of dry eye in this country. Dry eye is probably the most common diagnosis that we make. 85% of those cases are associated with some oil gland blockage of the lids. It could be due to small mites called demodex. It could be just body chemistry. It could be rosacea. In fact, anybody that has acne rosacea also has ocular rosacea of the meibomian glands. Some people that have ocular rosacea do not have acne rosacea. Rosacea, much more common in Caucasian patients. These people, myself included, need to have the lids cleaned professionally, much like we clean your teeth, if you will. Well, we don't, but my dentist does. We brush our teeth every day, but every six months or every year, I go in and get my teeth cleaned. Same thing for the lids can cause or prevent big issues uh, that cause dry eyes. And so that's called Blefex. When we want to actually kind of milk those glands, there's a spa-like procedure where we heat them up and we milk the oil glands. I see that becoming more and more commonplace because of its, its significant benefit. And again, if you have irritated eyes, if you have dry eyes, 85% of the time, the cause is primarily the oil glands. So talk to our dry eye doctor, Dr. Waymeyer, or any of our doctors about the benefits of having a lipoflow procedure. There are new dry eye drops coming out. There's a new short-term anti-inflammatory drop. I believe it's called Isuvis. And uh, we know that that, uh, dry eyes are, are also a lot of these oil glands building up fluid, not contributing really well, and causes an inflammatory response on the surface. So an anti-inflammatory drop for the last 30 years in my practice has been a mainstay of helping people with dry eyes. Uh, Secondly, there's a new drop coming out called Sinfo, which is a lubricant, but also has a hypoosmotic effect. One of the things that happens when we measure the tears, when people have dry eyes or irritation, when the inflammation goes up, we get a hyperosmolarity increase. And that just means more stuff, less fluid. It kind of makes intuitive sense, but it's a good way that we can measure that. And so this drop not only just kind of gives you moisture, a, a real good moisturizing agent, by the way, but it also gives a hypoosmolarity effect. So we're, we have high hopes for that as an over-the-counter or prescription drop to help people with dry eyes. Worried about Alzheimer's? The eye is a part of the brain. So we really are always looking at neuroophthalmic disorders when we are evaluating your eyes. We constantly look and we manage patients that have Parkinson's, that have multiple sclerosis or other optic neuropathies, uh, strokes, etc., that are all part of the visual pathway of the brain. And we can measure many of those effects while we're looking inside the eye with technology. Well, now researchers are giving us some pretty compelling evidence that Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's or the tendency towards that can be determined by looking at our OCT and the thickness or the thinness of our ganglion and our inner 
uh, nuclear and plexiform layers there, the inner layers of the retina thin because they're really part of the neuronal axons of the brain. And so if those start to degenerate through a very simple eye exam test, we can be monitoring the, their thickness over time and intervene sooner again to get you to a general physician or neurologist that may want to put you on some medicine. Again, early identification just means we can treat earlier or monitor better to prevent morbidity or the problems that could be associated. And if you could go to your eye doctor and see somewhat of your extra risk or lack of risk of Alzheimer's, wouldn't that be a remarkable thing? I don't think that is completely ready for prime time yet, but it's becoming closer and it wouldn't surprise me if not later in 2021, if we don't have some specific measurements that we'll be telling you about. So I'm very excited about that. Treatment of corneal abrasions. Boy, when, when somebody comes in and they have a foreign body or trauma to the eye and they have an abrasion or an erosion or something stuck in their eye, it is uncomfortable. So the first thing I train our residents and our externs is to put in a numbing drop so that people can at least keep their eyes open. And usually people will go, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Can I take those drops home? And that's like the worst thing you can say to an eye doctor because eye doctors have been trained that if we give you an anesthetic drop, and in fact, there've been cases in the past where physicians have used these over and over and over again to give them comfort, that it keeps the cornea from healing and it makes you ripe for an eye infection or an ulcer. Both of those are bad, okay? We want healed corneas and we don't want ulcers. And um, long-term use of anesthetics on the eye are, are bad for the eye. However, now we've got somebody that's kind of throwing a little spaghetti at the wall. In the British Journal of Emergency Medicine, they had an article where they talked about emergency medicine physicians treating with low percentage anesthetic overnight to stabilize corneal abrasions. Remember that the drops that we give you last for a length of time, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, some of the non-steroidals that we provide and bandage contact lenses and amniotic lenses obviously last a lot longer, but those aren't available in an emergency room. An emergency room, they're trying to keep you alive and they're trying to reduce your, your risk of serious disease or death. So they've got certain things at their disposal. And so if you're not coming here for your emergencies, which you should, and you happen to have gone to the emergency room, um, generally they're going to give you an antibiotic. But now this is a study that showed in low percentage um, uh, anesthetic use that the outcomes were the same when they were followed up by an eye doctor a day later or two days later, whether they use the anesthetic or whether they didn't. Now, again, that's going to, boy, if you say that to an eye doctor, they'll say, absolutely not, because we've all been trained that that is like the one thing that you would never do. But this is some interesting data. And so what I think we as eye doctors need to be open to is looking at data that comes from a lot of different studies um, without a horse in the race, just people trying to to uh, triage in an emergency room, get them more comfortable and, and look into that. Maybe it's not full strength, Preparacaine or lidocaine, but at a lower dose. And uh, maybe the, the benefit is much, much greater than the small risk. There are always going to be extremes where there's a risk, but our goal is to keep you comfortable, let the eye heal well. And this might be something that we start looking at in our armamentarium. We certainly have used low dose anesthetic drops occasionally for our overnight contact lens wearers, the gas permeable wearers to what we call cushion drops or comfort drops to get them used to the ortho K lenses. So it's not 
outside of the realm of of uh, reasonability to to consider this for for abrasions. What's your take home message? Whether we use those drops or not, if you come in here, we're going to get you comfortable a lot faster for a lot less money, and we've got all the equipment we need to treat eyes. I've got a daughter who's an emergency room physician. She is fantastic, but when it comes to eyes, she has certain things at her disposal that she can do until they get you to an eye doctor the next day. So just remember, we're on call twenty four hours a day for you. As I see it. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jeff Kageris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. When it comes to uh, a couple of other things that are lo- we're looking at this, this year, uh, we're looking at a couple oral medicines that could decrease the incidence of diabetes. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, it has some effect on pancreas cells and... Um, it works in a different way. The reason I bring that up is not because I'm an endocrinologist or a diabetologist, but because of the effect on the eyes. One, if we can reduce diabetes, we'll reduce the number one cause of new cases of blindness in America, which is diabetic retinopathy. Secondly, what we found is similar to the drug that I told you about before with metformin. One of these drugs, when used, not only reduces the chance of diabetes, but also reduces the chance of macular degeneration. Again, diabetes is the number one cause of new cases of blindness in the United States, but the number one cause of loss of vision and blindness in the United States from a prevalence standpoint, population-wise, is macular degeneration. Anything we can do to prevent macular degeneration or to identify it early and treat with what we can can help you maintain your vision for the rest of your life. And that is our goal. Can we do it all the time? No. Can we do it some of the time? Yes, we can. And uh, I'm always looking for those opportunities where we can try some well-tested, researched, but novel early therapies to push off macular degeneration. Again, where the benefit outweighs any potential side effects. So we're really looking at some of those medications. January in 2021 is National Glaucoma Awareness Month. We passed that. We're in February, Age-Related Macular Degeneration Month. I've talked about some of the upcoming medications that we're looking at right now. We also have for the treatment of macular degeneration, because usually when people have wet macular degeneration, they need to be treated with an injection in the eye roughly every month. It could be as little as every two to three weeks. It could be as much as every two months, maybe three months, but typically on average about every month. That's 12 injections every year, plus the driver that takes the person who has to get off work, a daughter, a son, a uh, spouse, a cousin. Um, so we've got a, a big burden on society, even though we have a great treatment. So there, uh, one of our retina groups, Tennessee Retina here in town, is, a, is evaluating in part of the, of the study that is using a small little surgical port where we could actually inject a small little straw port in the eye and then every six months fill it up with the medicine and we have a long-lasting effect rather than an injection every month. Wouldn't that be nice? 
even better than that. And so, so far that's showing some pretty promising results. It's still in the phases of, gl- of drug trials, but I think that the early evidence is very compelling. So we reduce the number of injections, good news. Secondly though, oral medications are being studied to treat macular degeneration. If we could get the concentration enough in the right place with fewer systemic side effects, even better than a surgical procedure or an injection would be a pill. I think most people would agree. Thirdly, even better than a pill, an eye drop. Again, there are challenges to do this, but I'm very excited in watching the literature with regard to how can we get an eye drop that can treat wet macular degeneration. I don't think that's ready for prime time anytime in the next two years, but ultimately that's going to be the, the panacea if we can. Again, I guess the true panacea is not having it at all. So that's where our focus is. But then number two, treating it early, treating the dry type to try to identify people that might be heading in that direction, push them off with nutritionals, maybe drugs like metformin or others that are going to be arrows in our quiver. Um, On the wet side, trying to reduce the number of injections by giving medicine that lasts longer or surgically implanting a little bit of a reservoir, or ultimately going with orals or a topical drop to treat macular degeneration. All of those things are in the work. We're very excited about that. March is Workplace Wellness Month, and that includes the eyes with regard to computer vision syndrome or computer vision strain. That's where blue blocking glasses come in, low plus lenses to help relieve the strain, and quite frankly, the neuro lens to reduce the convergence demand. So with the computer relaxing lens to minimize, if not eradicate your headache issues. Again, a tremendous lens that you need to talk to our doctors about because there's a money back guarantee on that. So it has to work for you. August children's safety or eye safety month. Uh, We probably should have that in July because that's when fireworks are around and we treat too many injuries due to fireworks and some of those can be very devastating. But August is the official month. And so whether you're playing sports or whether they're working in the yard, uh, we'll talk about children's eye safety. In September, Healthy Aging Month. You know, the disorders that we talk about a lot, cataracts, glaucoma, macular degeneration, diabetic eye disease, dry eyes, those things increase as we mature. For instance, with glaucoma, I have about a half percent chance at age 40. But if I'm 85, I have a 15% chance of being diagnosed and having glaucoma. So it definitely increases as we mature. Macular degeneration increases as we mature. So do cataracts. I mean, some of these things are part of the aging process. We'd like to be able to reverse them. We'd like to be able to stave them off. But you know what? Over time, everything just kind of breaks down. So we're working on ways to treat those better so that we can live longer and enjoy the time with great vision while we live. November, Diabetic Eye Disease Awareness Month. I encourage you to go to YouTube and our YouTube channel to look at how we train our staff on what happens with diabetic eye disease and a few colored construction paper. I think you'll like that. So we'll be featuring additional information on each of these topics. If you want to be the first informed, uh, get on our registry and email Renee, R-E-N-E-E at coolspringseyecare.com and tell her what area you are interested in. We keep specific registries and provide extra information uh, ahead of the time that we notify our general 
uh, patient base on, on new developments, new treatments. Uh, we really want you to know what we do and why we do it when it comes to your eyes. Again, I'm Dr. Jeff Kegeris. This is As I See It. I hope today has been helpful in educating you, bringing you up to date with some of the new developments last year in 2020, in particular with some of the exciting things we're looking forward to occurring and happening and being available to us, you and me, in 2021. Join us next week on As I See It.